0: The magical Messi found his partner in crime, and now Argentina are one win away from giving the GOAT a trophy he has always craved. This is Jackson Fuller with episode 18 of the Sports Gazette's FIFA World Cup podcast. I will be joined tonight by Shubi Arun and my co-host Michael Johnston to recap Argentina's 3-0 victory over Croatia in the World Cup semifinals. We'll take a look at Julian Alvarez's coming out party, Croatia's struggles, and what could be a fantastic matchup between Argentina and whoever comes out of the other semifinal between Morocco and France. Let's get stuck in. Hello, everyone. Jackson Fuller here with the uh, latest episode of the Sports Gazette's FIFA World Cup podcast. Uh Tonight, I am joined by my co-host. We're finally back on together, Michael Johnston. Michael, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, mate. How are you? Doing well. And uh, Shubi Arun is joining us as well from live from a bus stop in Twickenham due to the train strikes in London. Shubi, uh, I hope you're not too cold right now.
1: Nah, all good, all good. Good to be here, guys. Really, yeah. in the moment, you're going to get an in-the-moment reaction from me. Uh, emotions all fresh. Should be a
0: noted uh, Argentina fan. Well, we'll he's got an Argentina jersey, big Messi fan. Uh, he's he's feeling very happy tonight, as uh, I think most neutral football fans are. I think everybody kind of, you know, even if Messi not going to win it, let's get him to this big stage. And the, the hashtag narrative for the final mm. is going to be uh, really Peak, peak stuff, whoever they play in the final. But let's talk about the semi-final match against Croatia. Of course, Argentina, they won 3-0 thanks to uh, two goals by Julian Alvarez and a penalty from Messi. Uh, Guys, Messi has stolen the headlines for most of this tournament, but Julian Alvarez tonight was terrific. Uh, Michael, like, just we talked about Messi needing this kind of uh, other players to step up. Uh, Julian Alvarez really seems like he's settling into that role, maybe as as the Robin to Messi's Batman. I mean, how how impressive has his performance not only tonight but throughout the, this tournament been?
2: Really impressive. I mean, when the I believe they started the tournament with the Taro Martinez up front. I, I think maybe, but since he's come into the team, it's like you say we 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 kind of caveat every episode we do about Argentina with if Messi play if Messi plays well, Argentina will play well. And uh, it's it's kind of done something to reverse reverse that kind of that kind of narrative. Uh, he was really impressive today. Probably scored the scrappiest goal of the tournament, I would say. I know he I know was quite an industrious run, but I think it wasn't the easiest goal on the eye. But yeah, super impressive today. He, he's busy. He's 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 fast. He makes things happen. You know, we see it for Manchester City when he comes on and makes a cameo performance. He always seems to get on the score sheet. So I'm not surprised he's he's doing the he's doing the same for Argentina. Yeah, Shubi, you think? Goal of the tournament, or is
0: it a little too scrappy and industrious for us to say goal of the tournament?
1: Yeah, like I mean, if you if you think about it, okay, it's a forty-yard run. He's beaten a bunch of players, but I don't know. For me, it it was too scrappy. You know, there were a couple of touches, bits, and bobbles here and there. Uh, it reminded me a bit if if you guys remember Hart and Ben Afa's goal uh, for Newcastle against Bolton. Uh, I got similar vibes from this one. So, really good goal, uh, but. I think Messi's assist, which we will come to, I think that's still the show.
0: Let's hope Julian Alvarez's career turns a little bit turns out a little bit better than Harfam Benafra's. Uh, <laughs> you know, no shade his way, but uh, a, a massive talent that maybe didn't live up to expectations. And Julian Alvarez has now heaped a ton of expectations on himself moving forward, but rightfully so. Uh,
1: it's let's... unfair that City have him as their second striker after Haaland. Like, that's just... Like that should
0: not be allowed. Yeah, I saw some tweet. I think they, they combined <laughs> it to cost like sixty five million pounds. Or you're like, what incredible business from city, and it's so annoying, very very annoying. But uh, Mike, I think we want to talk about Argentina for most of this podcast. But uh, before we jumped on, we were kind of discussing Croatia's performance. Was it just a matter of they fell behind and, and didn't react? Uh, you know, it was it was pretty disappointing for them to lose three nothing. They haven't really. I think that was their worst World Cup loss in the nation's history. Uh, what do we, we see from Croatia tonight that maybe led to this kind of blowout?
2: I mean, like you said, we, we touched on it just before we jumped on the pod, but they started the game quite well. I know they throughout the game they didn't really create any clear-cut chances. I can't really remember one if there was one. But like I said, they started the game really well. We're keeping possession quite well, but... I didn't really... The thing is with Croatia, they haven't scored that many goals in the World Cup anyway. So I wasn't expecting there to be a litany of opportunities for them to go ahead. But I was just a little bit disappointed. They just seemed a little bit flat. There wasn't as much width. Uh, the the full weren't getting forward as much as they were. And sort of as soon as they went 1-0 down and Argentina sort of started to get on top in the game, there were big, big gaps opening up, which is what you'd expect for a team that would be 2-0 down. But they weren't the kind of compact team that we've seen in, in previous matches. And I was a little bit disappointed with them. I thought uh, Perisic didn't have the best game after after playing really well throughout the tournament. Modric was obviously just amazing as he has been. For, I don't know how the guy does it when he's 37 years old, but he's still. There was a nutmeg in the first half that I don't know if you saw, but it was just just nutmegs. Nutmegs one Argentina Argentina player glides past him. But you know, it, it was it was kind of an underwhelming performance. Maybe just one game too many. I mean, they have they have gone for extra time in in each of the games they played in the knockout stages. So. Maybe maybe a bit of legginess, but yeah. What do you think, Shibs?
1: Um, I agree. I think, I think, you know, they were really good until that first goal went in, until the penalty. I think until then, I felt like they were setting the tempo. I thought Kovacic, I think he was incredible the whole game. But I think some of the runs he was making from deep uh, really had Argentina on the back foot. I don't think they were dominating the game Croatia, And I think that second Alvarez goal, I think, killed the game. Honestly, I think two goals in uh, basically what felt like an Argentina home game, right? Uh, I don't think this Croatia team is good enough to come back from that. Uh, I can't really think of too many clear-cut chances that came their way either. Um, Yeah, and I I think it's just, I don't think Croatia were bad. I just think that, like, this was just a much better team. And Croatia, this is how far they could go, you know? Uh, so just really that. I, I think they can still leave with their heads held high, and I mean, I think we should consider the fact that maybe Modric is, you know, saving his best self for the third place game, you know, like the most <laughs> important one. Oh my gosh,
0: I might not watch that <laughs> game out of protest for third place <laughs> games in general. But, but uh, you, you mentioned Kovacic, Shubi. I was going to save this maybe till the end, but I'm going to I'm going to do it now. Just allow me 30 seconds, guys, to to whisper sweet nothings about Mateo Kovacic I thought he was so good tonight in the ball from the back to the front like you said but a few times he's getting he's getting pulled back and where most players would you know go down or stop their run to get the foul he's, he's pressing on and almost at his to his detriment at times I think the the referee like lets him go and then doesn't pull, call back for a foul when he does get tackled and I thought he was brilliant all tournament and you know more consistent maybe than Modric, but him and Modric have such a good, you know, relationship together. I just, it was a joy to watch Kovacic on on the big stage, finally, kind of for Argentina, for Croatia, because that's often been Rakitic playing in that role alongside Modric.
1: Uh, I think, but- just Jackson, to add on to that, like, I think now going forward for Croatia, this is Kovacic's team, right? Like, he is the one who will be the central force for this team going forward, because... Perisic and Modric, I think they're on their last legs at this point. So, it really felt in some ways that like Kovacic is like at this World Cup has really stepped up his game as well for the national team, you know. Uh, Like you said, he's been consistent throughout. I think Modric, I mean, understandably at his age, he can't be as good in every game, especially when it's going to extra time. So, I felt this was in a small way like a change of gods for Croatia uh, passing at the baton. But, yeah great performance overall
0: yeah and i'm still just to make it to the semifinals. i think is a is another overachievement for them uh real quick guys i i i may i sent out a tweet i kind of regret it now uh but i i won't take it down i didn't in live time i didn't think it was a penalty i thought the keeper just stood his ground and you know alvarez ran into him I know I was watching the American broadcast. They thought it was a stone cold penalty. I saw on Twitter and social media, ITV might have been saying that they disagreed. The panelists at halftime. What, what did you guys make of the the penalty on Ljubakovic that gave Argentina the first lead, Michael?
2: I was well. I was watching the ITV stream, and Roy Keane, Ian Wright, and Gary Neville all didn't think it was a penalty. I don't. I don't understand how. Uh, I, I think their, their their argument was the reason he didn't have anywhere to. Uh, the, the reason it was it. Wasn't a penalty is because the keeper didn't have anywhere to go, um, but I think if I if I make that foul, the reason that I don't have anywhere to go is that because I've timed the tackle badly. Uh, I, I thought it, I thought I thought it was a stonewall pen. He, he wasn't far enough on his line before before the far enough off his line before the ball was played, and he's just timed the tackle badly and, and clattered him. So I I thought it was a stonewall pen. I don't really know what the fuss was about to be honest.
1: Yeah, Jackson. I I mean, for me, like I thought it was a penalty too. Uh... I wouldn't say it was Stonewall for me. It did feel a little soft. But I think at this point, I don't know what is a penalty and what isn't. I think if there's contact in the box, I think nine times out of ten it's given a penalty. Especially when it's a keeper who's coming out against a striker going in. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, I guess Croatia can have some complaints there. But I think at this point, we really don't know what is or isn't a penalty or what isn't a handball or anything like that.
0: Yeah, and look, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Uh, Argentino, I think, would have scored regardless, and their defense played excellent tonight. We can talk about them in a second. Uh, you know, my, my logic, my I think my frustration with it is that if Alvarez, I thought he ran into Lavakovic instead of, like, he didn't really try to get out of the way. And if he does try and go around him, I think Croatia have it covered. But the, at the end of the day, if you're the keeper and you come off your line and you don't get contact with the ball, like, you better not make contact with the man either, or else it's going to be a penalty uh look and uh, like I, I Argentina didn't give up a goal and uh they have had some trouble in this tournament defensively uh especially you know holding a lead against uh Netherlands and even Australia gave them a scare. I thought Tagliafico was was brilliant tonight if is is this a, does this feel like a team that's kind of just peaking at the right time they they lost to Saudi Arabia earlier uh have we did we anticipate this kind of Maybe we should have anticipated this kind of defensive performance, just how good they've been playing recently. Uh, is this bad news for France? I mean, are we reading? Do I, am I reading too much into this, Michael? Uh, you know, just what, what did you see from Argentina's
2: defense tonight? I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head by saying they're peaking at the right time. Um, I think I said before they played the Netherlands, they're going to have to put in a complete performance, which is something that they hadn't done so far in the tournament. And then it looks like tonight they have. I, I mean, Croatia threatened very little. Um, and all, all of the centre backs and, and the full backs mm-hmm. did a good job. I don't know if France should be worried, just because I feel like I don't know that. I, I know we've said they're peaking at the right time, but from from the earlier signs in the tournament, you know, the loss against Saudi Arabia, the unconvincing wins, I'm not sure if they will have enough to go and beat uh, someone like France if they do progress, uh, if they beat Morocco. But you know, I kept I kept saying it. If they've got Messi and and Messi does these magical things and, and has these magical moments, then they've got a chance against anyone. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it depends on the result tomorrow, but I, I do think that if it is France that they play in the final, they'll have a bit too much for them. I think the Argentinian defence can be can be rash at sometimes. times. Uh, so many bookings as well, so many bookings. I feel like Mbappe running at one of those centre-halves or one of those fullbacks is is definitely a worry if they get to the final. Um, but, yeah, uh, they, they did play really well today and uh, peaking at the right time, like you just said. Uh,
0: Shubi, I asked you if uh, Alvarez is goal was the goal of the tournament was Messi's assist, the assist of the tournament just, you know, you, you, we talked about a little bit about it, just kind of, you know, now it's your time, whisper sweet nothings to us about what Messi did to <laughs> more people there in the second half.
1: I think that's the thing, right? Like, Messi's having a bit of a assist competition with himself, right? Like, I was thinking about this, is this better than the Netherlands one? Um, because in the Netherlands one, the thing is he saw that pass to Molina like, when no one else saw it. But this time, he created something out of absolutely nothing, right? Like, think about how deep he was, the fact that he slowed down. And this is this is Guardiola, like, you know, who's been arguably the best defender in the tournament so far. Who's going to go for upwards of, like, 70 million uh, in the transfer window, right? And at 35, he just completely, like, destroyed him. And the thing is, it was so subtle as well. Because there weren't any, like, massive tricks there or, like, a big feint or anything. It just... That's the thing with Messi. It just feels so natural. Like, yeah, why wouldn't you turn and go down like that? Um it, it was beautiful, man. Honestly, you know, we talk about... I think when you talk about Messi, each time he puts in a performance like that, like, it's inevitable you start comparing him and, like, obviously Ronaldo's name comes up. Uh But I saw this tweet uh during the game which said that, imagine that we used to once compare him to Ronaldo Uh, because for all of Ronaldo's greatness, like Ronaldo can't create something like that, right? Out of absolutely nothing. And it was on a platter for Julian Alvarez. Um, But for me personally, uh, the Netherlands one slightly edges it, but yeah, it's incredible.
0: I think the Netherlands one is more of the prototype Messi assist of what we've seen from him in his career. And, you know, that kind of run that he did tonight. We still see it from him from time to time, but uh, it's a little bit more rare and uh, it's a little bit more special to me, but it's hard to argue between the two. Uh, let's let let's go back to the, the Saudi Arabia match where, you know, Argentina lose that one to Saudi Arabia 2-1. Uh, I think a lot of us, I was definitely guilty of this, were kind of throwing the towel in on Argentina. What have they... Done from that point. What have they changed to get them now to the final, Michael? They've had some, you know, some players in there like Enzo Fernandez and Julian Alvarez. But what have you seen, you know, between the lines that Argentina have done that has kind of changed the tide and, and gotten them now one win away from a World Cup title?
2: I think uh, it's it's kind of a combination of what you said earlier. It's, it's it's the fact that Messi didn't play the best that the best that he did the best he's ever played in the game against Saudi Arabia. But it's also it's also others stepping up to the plate and allowing <clears throat> not not allowing Messi to not allowing sorry not not that uh, not allowing Messi to just do it on his own. But you know, as much as as much as he is the focal point of that team, there has been other players that are like like Martinez and like Depaul. They've they've stepped up and and really made a difference in these games. And they whilst whilst I did say a minute ago that they they don't they have some some kind of problem with with getting these bookings. They do have quite a resolute defence. I think they've conceded that many goals and I think maybe that game against Saudi Arabia was just a freak result in, in a World Cup that's dished out a few freak results no. uh, but they've definitely improved but, you know, I I don't know really. I think we, I think it's easy to put it down to Messi because, <laughs> because each game is getting better and better and better and better and the you just comes up with these moments that just win you a game, and that's that's what you need at these World Cups, uh, especially when you get to the knockout stages and the games are a bit, a little bit more cagey. Uh, you need these moments of magic to to unlock defenses that don't want to concede.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think at the end of the day, it's a freak result, but it maybe it's a wake-up call. Uh, who knows if uh, you know we can't roll back the clock and then play it out again? But maybe losing to our, losing to Saudi Arabia was the thing that Argentina needed to kind of realize, okay, we got to play Julian Alvarez over Lautaro Martinez. We got to get Enzo Fernandez on the field and all the credit in the world to Mr. Lionel Scaloni. He's trusted his young guys and in, in these big moments and and they're coming through for him. Uh, Jimmy, what do you, you know, what do you make of Argentina against, uh, let's, we've already kind of discussed them against France. Let's discuss them against Morocco potentially. Uh, Moroccos going to sit back and defend and try to break on the counter. We saw that at times from Argentina tonight. Uh, do you th- in a weird world, maybe Argentina would rather go against a France side that's going to come at them a little bit more and they can play more defensively? Uh, you know, what do you expect if, if it were to be Argentina versus Morocco?
1: You know, um, Jackson, that's something I've been thinking about right in the last couple of games that is Argentina good? Or is Messi just good, right? I don't think that marginally, like how they were against Saudi Arabia versus how they've been in the rest of the tournament, I don't think you can point towards something greater happening there. Um, I think it's easy to confuse Messi and Argentina, right? You confuse one for the other. So in terms of what will happen against France, I think, as always, it is going to completely depend on Messi. Um, The thing, what I feel is that Messi, he gives this... What has changed is I think Argentina have a greater sense of purpose right now. Uh, You see that there is, like, I think in tournaments you need something more than just skill and talent, right? There is an X factor Mm -hmm. which is needed. Uh, For some teams, it's luck. I think for Argentina right now what you're seeing is this almost insatiable desire that we want to win it for Messi, right? So you have 10 players on the pitch who are playing as much for the country and their team, as much well as they are for him, and I don't think that can be understated right now. Um, just that there's a feeling there that, that you know this is written, right? That strong sense of the narrative, um, and I feel like that is something which is really carrying this Argentina team so right now.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be narrative versus narrative. Whoever comes out of that other semifinal, France, going for their second straight World Cup or Morocco trying to be the first African country to win it. Uh, Let's touch briefly on that right now. I know we did a little bit of a deeper preview last podcast, but Michael, you know, when you, when you think about this Moroccan side, they haven't given up a goal uh, that uh, from the run of play for the opposition, uh, all tournament, one own goal against Canada. Uh, Are you giving them a shout against France? You know, what are kind of, what, what matchups too are you maybe you looking for in that semifinal?
2: I think it would be stupid not to not to give them a chance in this game. Uh, I, I think I saw a tweet after after the last game. Someone said after the last game they played, they said it was a surprise that they went through. And it's like, why is it a surprise? They've 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 arguably been one of the better teams in this in this tournament, especially defensively. And they've been clinical. They've been clinical when they've gotten their chances on the break. So I think it would be it would be silly to write them off. But <laughs> this is France. These are the world champions. You know, we saw how well England played in the last game and still managed to lose. So yeah, I, I don't know. I I. I have to go with my instinct, I have to go with my gut and say that it will be France against Argentina in the final. But, you know, everyone loves an underdog story. I've seen a lot of people saying that they that they don't like an underdog story in the World Cup, which I just don't understand. <laughs> uh, I mean, if Morocco got all the way to the final and did win it, it would be one of the best stories in football ever. Um, there was a good question that I saw as well. It would be, what would be the better underdog story? Would it be Leicester City or, or Morocco winning the World Cup? Um, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure, maybe I'll, maybe I'll level that it should be. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, I
1: was thinking about that as well, right? I think it's, um, I think they're both equally, like, would be massive free instances, right, taking place that, um, I think the difference would be that, uh, man, I'm actually floored with this one, I'd, I'd say the World Cup, I'd say the World Cup is much bigger, the fact that it comes around every four years, um, And also the fact I think Leicester winning the league came at a time when every other team, right, in the league was struggling, right? They were going through transitions, they weren't as strong. Um, But this World Cup, you have a France team which is absolutely unstoppable. Uh, You have Lionel Messi playing, like, some of the finest football of his career, right? Um, So I don't think you can underestimate the opposition, uh, the quality of the teams at this World Cup, as we've seen, right? That Every single African team has won at least one game, right You have Asian teams doing well um, so i don 't think you can underestimate or play down Morocco reaching or going all the way as or they just lucked out right because of the draw um, and yet yeah, I mean, when it comes to the game tomorrow um, i think I think the thing with Morocco is I think they 're already on the last limbs. Uh, I think I was seeing somewhere about how. By the end of the Portugal game, Hakimi was the only one from the defense who was still on the pit, right? The original back line, right? Everyone's injured. Um, so I think it's going to be a real test for them. Um, and yeah, France, man, like, it's almost like they're playing on cruise control at this point, right? Um, yeah. they, they haven't really had to dig deep or suffer at any point, um, which could perhaps play into Morocco's hands in the sense that if they have got from France on the ropes until like the late in the second half, uh, it could go either France way. So, I I'd edge France honestly.
0: Yeah, I think for Morocco to win tomorrow, they have to score first. They just they just have to. If they if they go down, I it's hard for me to imagine them scoring twice or even you know not giving up a goal another goal to France because they're going to have to come out of that defensive shape. Uh, just real quick, I said this on the last podcast, but you know, to your Leicester and Morocco question, I think Morocco is the more fun and shocking story, or the more thrilling story. But it's Leicester City's the more shocking result, just in the fact that they did it over the course of a 38 match season, and this is at the end of the day, this is still just seven matches and uh, it's, it'll be a, a complete underdog story and very impressive from Morocco and not mm-hmm. taking anything away from them, obviously if they do go on to win it, but there's a difference between doing it week in and week out in the premier league and on a cold night in Stoke. Is that how you Brits say it or uh, <laughs> where, where is it? <laughs> uh, a warm night in Doha. So, all right guys. Well, uh, I think, I think that should be enough for now. And uh, it's uh really set up for a fun final regardless i think i was i will admit i was cheering for croatia tonight because of my my and modric fandom but they were kind of out of all the four teams the one that was like "Ah, oh, there's not so much juice there if they make the final compared to the other three so uh we've got we've got really a a tasty final on our hands so uh shooting thank you so much for joining me tonight get home safely try not to fall asleep on the bus
1: <laughs> that that messy tone's gonna keep me awake all <laughs> night, bro. Don't worry. <laughs> awesome. And Michael, good to, good to be back on here with you, man. We'll do it again very soon. Let's
0: nice it, man. Good to be back. Awesome. All right, guys. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we will be back tomorrow night recapping France versus Morocco.